Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's R.C. Macris and he's next. And now, from the legendary Studio B, so you're in Seattle with Gregor. I guess I know him best from Twitter. I guess that's where it happens. RC, to me, is a Sounders FC fan, but like many of us, we get together with one common theme, in this case, Seattle soccer, and we find out that there is like a trove of incredible like individual experiences that make us different and awesome. In this case, I had no idea that when Seattle Scottfest was tweeting at me, indeed, it was the work of a fellow soccer fan. Okay, first of all, 0-2 start to the season. Yeah, it wasn't. It hasn't been pretty so far. That's not uh, That's not exactly what I would want from uh, from a beginning, especially with all the injuries. Yeah, too many, way too many injuries. It's gonna be. It could be a tough spring here. All that rain pouring down could be even more annoying this this time around. We'll see. I think. I think we'll make a couple of moves. I think we'll bring a couple of guys in. Yeah. Obviously, Hurt Gomez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is in training, so. We'll see how that goes. Ah, if they could button it all up, and it, it, that was always the big question going in: where's the depth? And then immediately that's exposed. So yeah. try to get younger, but you effectively brought up S two to be the <laughs> to be the the backup squad. Yeah, that wasn't my idea of them getting younger, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, big ECS supporter, correct? Yes. And uh, general Sounders fan overall. Yep. It, I find it so fascinating that we can all find one common thing and then often squabble about who's better at liking it than the next guy or whatever. It, it is an interesting process there. There's there's a lot of drama, obviously, yeah. when it comes to that. And it's it's one that's always hard. For me, it's always been, let's be loud. Let's, yeah. you know, let the boys hear it. And that's what comes first. That's That's the big one. And it's... The stuff on the side that, you know, I get heated as anyone else about sometimes, you know, trophies being taken pictures with with the wrong people, you know, (laughs) things of that nature. But overall, like, at the end of the day, as long as we're supporting our boys, who cares? Yeah. It is interesting to see support groups all battle each other and, and whatnot. I've, I've had some very interesting experiences from my specific seats. There's a very good perspective to watch different supporters be upset at different supporters and stuff. It's uh, a, um, yeah, no, it, I'm very well aware. I sat uh, kind of above your section at first before moving into ECS, so yeah. I've it's, seen it from all angles. It's so fun, man. I never really completely understood ECS until I talked to co-president Aaron Reed, and he's like the greatest mouthpiece for that organization. So friendly, so positive, so excited to get everyone on board. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's really awesome. I think you should also talk to uh, Derek Pels, okay. who is the current lead capo. Um, that guy would be a good guy to talk to. Was he the guy that got uh, some heat last year for yelling at the cameraman? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I do want to talk to him. Derek, you said? Yep. 
Okay, shout out to Derek, man. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that was a real interesting experience to to watch that all go down, and like it's great to see like a passion like that kind of boil over a little bit. Yeah, that's something that's just something that's going to happen from time to time, and it's like it's way better than having to be like, hey, get off your ass and actually yell or something. Yeah, like do something. It's way better to have to apologize for like uh, tempers flaring a little bit or something like that than to have to like get people moving, which is yeah. uh, which would be the worst. So it's gonna be an interesting year. It's really fun to watch the Sounders, and it's easy to to I think it's easy to forget that just. A few years ago, we all experienced what it was like to have that many people in a stadium all being for the same thing, and how exciting that is now that the league is growing, and that there hasn't been a cup here. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think there's still a battle for a cup. I think that's that's really what this team is built to do. Yeah, and whether they barely make the playoffs and win that cup, that's kind of the route that it looks like they're going. They're not looking to win any shields this year. <laughs> well, how did you how did you f- first find soccer? I know, like uh, it sounds like you grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Are yes. you from here? Grew up here and then. Uh, uh, spent a lot of time in Arizona. Oh, where at? Uh, Phoenix. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I went to trade school there. I went to school in uh, Tucson. for. I lived there for 10 years before getting here, so I've spent my fair share of time in the hot, hot desert as well. It's uh, brutal, man. It's yeah, been... it's, it's bad. Um, so, okay, so you're from the area. So soccer is a... I just talked to Matt Johnson last week, and um, soccer is something that's been just bubbling here forever. Yeah, um, my mom was a big Sounders fan um, growing up. Uh, and then that's cool, like Memorial Stadium or yeah, Kingdom and stuff Kingdom like Kingdom stuff, and then a short period at Memorial Stadium, and I didn't start really getting into it until like 2009. Obviously, was a big year for me. Sure. Um, I was in Arizona at the time, so I it was all like watching this from what minimal TV coverage that I could get out of state in a state that really doesn't care about soccer unless, yeah, sure. unless it's spring or there's children involved. So. That was pretty interesting, and then when I moved back, I, I just kind of jumped in full force. It was the day I got moved back. I drove 24 hours straight through. Oh. Um, we got back that day, dropped our stuff off, and then went to the CCL game versus Santos Laguna. Sure. And it was freezing cold, just icy out that game. I had been in Arizona for like basically four <laughs> years at that point. It was like... 85 degrees when I left, and it was like 27 degrees at CenturyLink that day. Terrible. Yeah. The the missus doesn't like to uh, go to Sounders games for that reason. Just, well, you sit in the uncovered section, so it's like it's tough to yeah. uh, to stay warm when it's uh, the wind comes up over the uh, Hawks' nest. Those people are screwed. And yeah. then uh, rushes through the stadium right at you with the rain falling on your head. That's tough. It's hard. But it's uh, that's why you jump around. Yeah, and then you're warm and you're fine. Um, so you grew up around here and you found Sounders early, but it was like like a lot of other people, it became a fascination when they yeah. when the MLS happened. Yeah, it was one of those ones where you, you kind of follow it not as closely. I was a big Mariners fan growing up. Sure. And, and then it was like all of my interest was pushed towards the Sounders. Like as soon as I got back from Arizona, it was just the thing that it's not like anything else. I've basically seen most major sports, you know, in their highest level of play, the Soccer is just more fun. What, like, why is that? I wonder. Is it the constant motion? Is it the shorter games? I think. I think it's the constant motion, and I think part of it has to do with the supporters' culture. Like, we sit down or stand up. We don't sit down, and and we're yelling and screaming, and and you know, like the closest thing I've experienced to that in other sports is hockey, but it's usually more of like a drunken <laughs> mess than it is. <laughs> to be fair, ECS is a pretty drunken mess. It's an organized drunken mess, <laughs> which is dangerous. That's so cool, man. It's like it's a 
it's it's fascinating because I have the same sort of thoughts about it. I've sat all over the stadium before. I have some seats that are right next to ECS, so I've experienced watching you guys from a very close distance, but also from being across the way and watching an entire, you know, essentially five or six sections going nuts uh, up into the 200 level and everything. It's so yeah. badass to watch all of that. Um, happen from one end and to see that but we're all kind of Sounders fans out there yelling and trying to get a team to win something for the pride of the city like what we saw with the Seahawks that was a big deal for yeah. the, the city went crazy and like everyone got behind it we want to see that happen with the uh, with the Sounders but then we all come from like really different backgrounds what do you do um, for your day job what, what's your thing uh, I'm a mechanic yeah. I, I fix European cars so I work for a company called Fine Tuning uh, we do like everything from race car stuff to camper van upgrades cool. um yeah and that's my day job and, and you're a you're a vw guy yeah so vw audi mercedes bmw that's what we do um it's really fun um it's very different you know like i know a lot of people that do the car thing um and then i'm trying it's weird because i'll find people that are in the car thing that are into the sounders too it's like it's weird when these like little connections happen. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like um like when you the, for instance uh, friends with Hugo Garcia. The, yes, uh, Hugo's great. He's great. All right, yeah. and um, that guy's part of uh, La Barra Forza Verde, right? Yeah, and like it's a it's a it's a Latino supporters group, but then people know each other from other things, and you end up like I'm a member of that because I am as well. So because I hey yeah. right on that's great because yeah. I enjoy the um, I enjoy the connections we've made, and it, it started to that's where it first started coming to me that there's all these people that are supporting one thing, but we're all super different, but we can all like get along on a different level because of it that that we're able to do that, and so I'm fascinated by the different thing the differences between Sounders fans that happen and stuff, and one of them specifically is when you start reaching out to me on Twitter. It's the Seattle Ska Fest. Like, first of all, I grew up in the '90s. Uh, ska was a thing um, back then, and it, like it was before the dark ages of new metal, all right. <laughs> and um, and ska was a thing, but I never really stopped to think about that it might still be out there plugging along. And I don't think it really was very strong until recently. It's one of those ones where we've had ska music in this town. Um, I remember the height of the scene, in my personal opinion, was like 0304. Okay. Um, we had some really big ska fests. Um, this one coming up is the 13th annual. Oh, wow. So we've been doing these events. Um, there was like a high point where, you know, you had Westbound Train and the Toasters. Um, two fairly large ska bands as far as this country's concerned. They headlined that show. Um, and then there there was a bunch of shows along that time that were huge also. Um, and then there was kind of a lull. It was, I From talking to people who were in the ta- in the city, because I, I left for five years, yeah. um, what I was told was those shows sort of, you know, went from, you know, 400 people in attendance plus to, you know... A few people showing up and whatever, sure. um, and they've started to have a really big resurgence. So how far? I mean, look, I think that um, I think that there's a bunch of names that a lot of people will know when you mention them, and then some like second tier bands that like music fans will know more of, and then there's like this like really deeper level where you start to find out all the differences. Um, you know, I think of like. Um, Things that ring out to me are the specials and Op Ivy, sort of on a level, even though yeah. it's kind of punk rock. Uh, I remember seeing Voodoo Glow Skulls when I was a kid. 
and then there's but there was the bigger names like the the Boston's and stuff that made that crossover possible for like kind of a bigger audience and Real Big Fish is probably the most guilty party of making that happen which was fun they were a fun band seeing yeah. them when I was a kid and stuff no doubt maybe even a touch of Sublime or something like that but you guys are talking now on a level that we're so far removed from that 90s ska scene that now there's all these names I've never heard of of like small bands that are starting to get it back together again when you got into it, where was the scene at? What were what bands were we talking about? Um, what I mean, all the bands that you named were kind of still touring bands. It was towards the end of the '90s ska hype. Um, the bands that I most remember seeing, like the Toasters, is the big one that you know they've played Seattle every year since the '80s. It's <laughs> like they're touring, and and what that band is is kind of an interesting one where you have a lead singer who has kind of surrounded himself with a new group of guys, like, every tour. Um, uh, I think the band names, it's kind of smaller bands that were touring a lot then, but, I mean, we saw Voodoo Glow Skulls a lot growing up. We saw um, Real Big Fish a million times. Uh, they they tour quite a bit. Um, but the, the bands that always stuck out to me were always the local bands. And, and some of these bands are still playing. Some of them have broken up. One of the bands on the Ska Fest is a band called The Push. They were local. Um, they got pretty big on the internet in their cool. time. Uh, if you've ever heard the Ska cover of the Legend of Zelda theme. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so they are the band that did that. <laughs> they got a cease and desist from Nintendo. Uh, so that song was never properly attributed to them because they've had to pull it from social media and it gets reposted and whatever. Sure. Um at one point, that was, as far as my understanding, the highest listened to song on Pure Volume. Like, that was the song that more <laughs> people had listened to than anything else. Um, and we are getting those guys back together for this show. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So they're uh, Kyle, um, their lead singer, frontman, um, lives in Colorado yeah. now. Um, we're making sure he gets out here. And the guys are all over the country. They're coming back together to play this for us. So it's going to be super cool. I'm sure they're going to play that song. <laughs> Don't tell Nintendo. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is a n- Nintendo town, so everyone <laughs> keep it under wraps. Uh, let's just real quickly. Uh, Seattle Ska Fest is uh, at Seattle Ska Fest on Twitter. Two nights, April 22nd and 23rd. It's Friday and Saturday night. Um, easy big fella. The Georgetown Orbits. The Push, as we just mentioned. It Gets Worse. The Damn Long Hairs. Scoblins. That is a freaking killer name. The Seattleites, which was, is that a playoff of the Scottleites? Yes. Well played. Uh, and then Saturday night, Chris Murray, Natalie Wooden, the Kings, the Sentiments, the Bandulus, the Mean Threes, Irie Idea, I like that, selections and uh, selections by Selecta Soul Shot. Um, it's so rad to be able to get together and do this, specifically since tickets are nine dollars yeah no we wanted to do it at an affordable price we wanted to get as many heads in the door as possible the yeah. high line was really good um with us so basically the backstory of me taking on the show along with jesse who isn't with us today but um shout out to jesse what's up jesse um he so basically uh this ska fest in general has been put on by uh greg from local chaos um, every year except for this one. So he's done 12 years of these shows. That's amazing that throughout that entire that entire run that he's been kind of the backbone of it. Yeah, he's been the backbone of that and, and you know, kind of the backbone of the ska and punk scene in this town. Um, he did a lot of stuff. Um, unfortunately, Greg is no longer with us. Um, yeah. uh, there was a tragic house fire that he didn't make it out of. Him and his dog uh, passed. Yeah. Um, 
and basically I was working with Greg a little bit on the promotion end of things um, prior to this happening. We were actually talking to him like the night before, like hours before this happened, and, and it was a huge shock to, to, to both me and Jesse, and we're like, well, do we continue with this? Like, this is Greg's thing. Like, this is his baby. Do we carry this further? And, and uh, we decided that it would only be fair to do a show with a, a list of bands that are being pulled mostly from the local scene, um, a couple of touring acts that he really loved, um, and then just just pull it all together for him. Um, luckily, the Highline was reached out to us almost immediately and said, hey, he had reserved these dates. We're going to continue on with that. Um, the bands that he had already talked to, we talked to a bunch of them, and the overwhelming amount of bands that wanted to play this event was is still blowing me away. Like, I've had to turn away dozens of bands because there's just not enough room on a bill. I've got two nights that are completely full, and I could probably put on two more with the number of the amount of interest that's there. That's crazy that there's so much. And are these... You said a lot of local pants. I mean, is it mostly groups from Seattle, or is it yeah. Washington, or is it like the Pacific Northwest, or what's? The- I, I would say that the great majority are Seattle bands or Greater Pacific Northwest. I would say like Western Washington. Um, we've got a couple of bands coming from Oregon. The Sentiments are coming up. Uh, Our idea um, is coming up from Oregon. Chris Murray is coming from California, and the Damn Longhairs are coming from New Jersey. Oh wow. And then obviously the push is coming from kind of all over the country to make the show happen. So that's pretty cool. Look, I haven't heard any successful ska in a number of years now. I haven't heard it really surface anywhere. What's the health of the scene like nationally? Can these bands support themselves touring and are there dates available? I I believe there is. It's one of those ones where these bands have to, they work a lot harder than a lot of the bands that um, typically tour within like the rock scene or whatever um these bands are playing a lot of the smaller venues um you know they're coming to town and uh we love the nectar lounge that's like one of our favorite ones to do ska shows at because it's just you know it's a small intimate environment yeah it holds a good number of people great bar great atmosphere it's you know half indoor half outdoor in the summertime um there are bands that are just really good at touring the slackers have been touring forever um they're one that i always see agrilites coming out of california sure um there are a lot of bands that can support themselves. I would say the scene needs a push. And one of the problems I we've had, like in that me and Jesse were kind of working on in the future with this show and upcoming shows that we'll be promoting, um, is these touring acts come in and a lot of the local promoters don't want to take the time to bring the local acts in to open for these bands. And that's like a real problem there because how do you grow the scene as far as the bands here becoming those touring bands and going to other places if you don't? You know, yeah, put but, them on bills, and they get to know these other bands. Because traditionally, punk and ska both are DIY. It's all it's people having to put in the effort themselves to to make a name for themselves because other people aren't willing to take a chance. So if you have a name coming through, you gotta slap some local talent on there because yeah. how the hell else it's stagnant otherwise, and you can't book them again the next time. Yeah, and that's that's really where we're trying to do a push. We're 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 basically using. Uh, uh, name for our promotion company that we came up with when I was in high school and Jesse was in college and uh it it is the ska mission and that you know we did a couple of shows back then back then I was booking for a teen center oh cool we started in Edmonds it was a all ages place called the Casbah and basically we would book shows um none of the bands got paid 
more than pizza because we were a nonprofit with no money. We had an old ch- rundown church building that we put the best sound together in that we could. Yeah, five bucks a head, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, or, or free. That's oh. that was the thing that like we really wanted to do, and like uh, we did, you know, no covers. The bands did it out of the love of the music. Um, we had tons of bands coming through, local bands mostly, but like of all all of the spectrum. But that's like I started booking a lot of ska shows because. The high school kids loved it. It was one of those things, like, at that time, I didn't realize, like, how important that was because it was something that no one was put off by the music. Sometimes with the punk rock, that's, you know, you kind of get people that get offended or whatever. The ska music was, you can dance to it. And we would fill hundreds of kids into this old church that we took all the pews out. And it was like part of a, I was part of a youth group at the time that set it up, but this was a completely secular thing that we established within the church paid for it basically. And that was amazing. Is there a bigger story there? Like I never thought about the angle there. Cause I know a lot of these bands oftentimes um, will be on a, I don't know how to say this without stepping on toes, but there's a Christian backing to, to a lot of these bands. Is it because it's music that's, presumed to be a little safer like you said it draws a bigger audience is there can you get church halls because of that i think that's some of it but i this was a group of uh, i would say fairly liberal church family um they kind of it wasn't really the bands i think the bands was one that i kind of pushed the envelope a little bit with um just because it was stuff that none of them had heard before. And I don't think we had one Christian act come through that particular side of things. And so it was, this building was being used for youth groups and, you know, events like that, religious events. But then during the weekdays in the afternoons, kids could just, it was a drop-in center essentially. And kids could come in, hang out, drink a soda, you know, play games, whatever. And then on the weekends we did the shows. And those shows went from, you know, ska shows, we did surf shows, we did punk shows. We did a couple of rap shows. Cool. Yeah, it, all kinds of stuff. But it was it was hands-off but paid for by this group because they just – they cared about the kids. They saw the kids in the neighborhood, you know, with nothing to do. And this is suburban Edmonds. But the kids in high school get out of school and there's nothing to do and they're getting in trouble and, like, you know, getting into drugs. And it was, like, one of those things where why don't they just hang out? And so we made a place for them. That's classic. It's the classic story of if you give kids something to do, then they like hopefully stay clean or whatever. Yeah. And we kind of let anyone play shows. So like these kids could come in and, you know, we let them use the space for practicing for bands sometimes and whatever. And so it just became anyone ever record there. Um, there was a couple of recordings we did off of the board, but nothing, you know, serious as far as an album is concerned. Do you ever play it all yourself? Um, I play a guitar a little bit. Um, not as often as I should, but you know. It's one of those things, hobby I picked up in high school and kind of yeah, get sure. too busy. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, what's the what's the resurgence about? Like, what what spurred this thing to kind of get some new life in it again? Um, I think it's a lot of bands that are kind of coming back and going for a second push. Um, Easy Big Fella being one of them. They're kind of the godfathers of the Seattle ska scene. They're the ones that were doing it the longest. Um, you have bands like the Kings that are pushing really hard to tour. Um, it gets worse is one that I really I love those guys to death. They fight hard to play shows, and that's part of it. They're you know asking around, making shows happen for themselves, and I think that's kind of all coming together. You've got the Georgetown Orbits who have been playing since I think '04, um, and they kind of merged out of 
they're they're probably my favorite one in the scene or one of them. Um, they kind of came out of a couple of bands that were doing, you know, kind of punky stuff, but reggae stuff. And they wanted to do like traditional 60s style soul infused ska reggae music. Cool. And they're super cool. They've been touring. They've had a couple of different singers. Um, the current iteration is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Are some of the old uh, tropes still in place? The uh, the checkerboards and the black and white and the uh, some of those things still exist within the scene? Yeah, you'll see a lot of that. You'll see a lot of, uh, you know, the local skinhead crews, obviously non-racist skinheads. Um, you'll see a lot of, you know, rude boy guys, you know, in their suits, the checkerboard, the vans, the whole nine, yeah. all the pins. Um, a lot of that stuff hasn't died. Um, you'll see a lot of, you know... Uh, just styling Fred Perry wearing, you know, uh, hip dudes. Um, we're trying to put together, there is a big uh, vintage scooter run that weekend of Scoffest. Oh, cool. And so that is another thing that's always been kind of prevalent in that culture, um, more so in England than here, but like um, those subcultures really blend together well. And so hopefully we'll get some sweet vintage scooters outside and, you know, lots of people. It'll be a fun dance party. You're a Volkswagen guy. I read in your Twitter bio, um, I... Growing up in the 90s again, my buddy Sean was a big uh, ska fan, and he was obsessed with the Volkswagen also. Is there a tie-in there, or is that coincidence? Um, I see it a lot. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Like, it's one of those ones where there's not a car community that's quite like the Volkswagen community. Sure. It's, it's It's weird how people are drawn to these cars. It's some sort of magnetism that they have. They're fun to drive, but not outrageously expensive and, you know relatively easy to work on they're not a toyota you know it's not a camry i i drive a camry it's boring it's a station wagon it you know goes down the road yeah right it's but there's something about the volkswagens that are really fun and i think i think it's one of those ones where it's kind of a tinkerer's car and so that like gives i think there's something about the ska mindset that are guys that like to do their own thing that's you know not necessarily within the standard realm of things i also think there's a certain because of the health of the scene, there's a certain need for that. It's not like these guys are getting paid buckets of money or anything. Being able to wrench on your own car is kind of an awesome skill to yeah. keep things cheap or whatever. Yeah, it's very cool. And, and I mean, that comes back to these bands that are fighting really hard. And, you know, they're never going to get mainstream radio play because it's not fitting into the mold of, you know, whatever is alternative at this point or punk or, you know, yeah. conventional rock. And so it's these guys have to make a scene. They have to play with these touring acts, but also on their own, put together shows that are local and they're for us. Um, the scene is thriving in Portland. I've gone to a lot of really awesome shows down there. Um, Usually Portland's terrible, so I uh, yeah. <laughs> have to take Timbers digs whenever I can. But um, what's the... I know this all sort of came from, I don't know, melding of cultures, but the, the English and the British are real big uh, influences for ska. Where did, like, what's the scene like internationally now? Are there still bands around that are doing it? Tons. Um, a lot of the old 80s ska bands, uh, Madness, The Specials, yeah. Selector, uh, The Beat, sort of. Um, that's one of the ones there's some animosity between members there. But those bands are playing England consistently. Um, they've always had that thriving culture there for that music. And, you know... It's one of those ones. It's not dead. Um, the problem with ska, I think, is it's a really wide genre. 
you know, like you have bands like Georgetown Orbits or the traditional reggae bands um, that are very, very different than the bands that you grew up with in the 90s, where they were like punk bands, but they threw some horns in and it was ska, but, you know, very different. And then you had bands coming post that. You have bands like Catch-22 who played a much faster version of ska that is more more towards punk and metal than it is suicide machines is a band i couldn't think of earlier that yes. did something similar to that real fast kind of punky skateboardy yeah. ska music hey. and so there's a bunch of that and and so what's really hard is also like from a uh, uh, booking standpoint too is there's bands playing all of these different styles within our city and so it's putting together lineups that are you know fit that you know and it's it's like I personally prefer more of the traditional stuff. And and it's not that I don't like the other stuff. I really do, and I listen to it a lot. It's, But it's one of those ones where putting those together correctly, because we've got a lot of bands on this bill, obviously. It's one of those ones that I think there's a little bit of something for everyone, and I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed in any of the bands. Is there a tie-in between the soccer culture and the ska culture? I think there's a lot of that. A lot of that has to do with uh, just the English influence of ska music. Um, ska and Oi um, and Northern Soul, all the the traditional skinhead punk rock scene from England back then, um, that all carries over. And so, so they've had, we haven't had a soccer culture here that long. Yeah. And so it's one of those ones, but they've always had it in England. And so when they have what is this subculture of music that's, you know, kind of obscure and on its own, um, but it was something that the subculture of soccer supporters were also into. And so that you get a big influx of that. So I think I think part of that has to do with like the uh, scenes here kind of try to reflect and emulate the scenes of England. Sure, and if you're looking to do something very, like the approach to a, an early Seattle Sounders match was very uh, derivative of something that would happen in England. And so it only makes sense that people would be looking for other things that are sort of similar to yeah. that, that they might draw some inspiration. Okay, so the um, there's a couple bands that people could go check out that you would start with on this list. Where, where would you point people? Just a three or four um, bands. I would check out... It, it's get, ah, it's get, it gets it's worse. worse. I can't <laughs> talk right now, apparently. Um, I would definitely check out Natalie Wooden, The Kings, The Sentiments, and The Georgetown Orbits. I mean, all of the bands are great. Um most of them are on Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, they're all on Facebook, I think, at this point. Um, there's a couple of Seattle ska groups on Facebook that I would highly recommend people. S- such as? Um, one of them is the Seattle ska scene, and the other one is just Seattle ska. Okay. Um, and, and within those pages, you're going to find show listings. Um, there is uh, a bar owner um, in South Lake Union who is starting to do... Uh, like Ska Saturdays at his bar. Oh, cool. And so it's, it's you know, drink discounts, drink specials, come down. They're going to, I'm going to try to work with him to get some live music there. But at this point, it's, you know, throw on some Ska records, dance, have a good time. Um, and I think there's one of those. I don't know if it's coming up this weekend or next weekend. What's I'd the bar? Check out that. The bar is the Royal Palace Bar mm-hmm. and Grill. Okay, in South Lake Union. Yeah, cool. And so, so that's God. I would never expect that, man. I would never expect something that's in like polished, shiny, brand new uh, South Lake Union to be doing something like that. Yeah, so it should be fun. Um, I I'm hoping to you know make that a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know one of those things where we keep pushing these bands forwards, support the local scene. Um. It's really important. Like these, these bands are 
busting their butts. You know, they're they're out there grinding to make shows happen, and like they're playing all the time. And these bands play together a lot. It's one of those ones where this is like the biggest grouping that I've seen put together. But like these guys play, you know, at least once a month. And there's bunches of shows. I would say the Facebook group is the best way to find out more information. That's great. How about uh, how about for Seattle Scott Fest? I know you guys are on Twitter. Anywhere else that we can find you? Um, we are on Facebook. Um, as far as the event page, um, we're okay. trying to get people there. Um, tickets are on sale now um, through the Highlands website. Cool. Um, they're nine. Highline is on Capitol Hill, yep. Broadway, on Seattle. Sometimes there's metal shows. Vegan. Yep. It's a vegan, vegan bar. Food. Yeah, it, it was one cool. of those ones that it's a really cool bar, and it was one that I unexpected partnership there. They did Scott Fest last year. Um, but you know, it's one of those ones where that's not really their thing, and so they've gave it, given us a lot of power over the show, which is something that venues don't necessarily do. They're the, they're the right people for it. Uh, having been there for other events that they do, it has the right vibe for something like this. Like that's something that needs to have a a non mainstream touch to it. It's real cool. It's the place uh, for reference. Anyone who hasn't been to Broadway in a while, there used to be that Lamborghini on the roof that was parked up there. Yep. They once that club closed down, they took the supercar off the top and made it into the High Line. And it's a rad venue. I've seen a ton of metal shows there before. But it has just the right touch to it, just the right feel to welcome people that are trying to kind of go out of step with everyone else. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a subculture type bar. Yeah, it's, right. you know, it's one of those ones you go there and it's you don't expect a a metal bar in its location. <laughs> B, you don't expect delicious vegan food at the metal bar, which is even more strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and you know, great drinks. They always have great bartenders working there. Yeah. It's, you know, one of those ones, really great venue. That's cool, man. So the High Line, Friday, April 22nd, Saturday, April 23rd for Seattle Ska Fest, the 13th uh, edition of this. Is it, is it, has it been in a row or was yeah, there a pause? in a row. There was ah. no pause there. 13 years in a row. And uh, come on out and support, if nothing else, uh, for poor old Greg Gibson. That guy uh, put his heart into doing this, and uh, now it's being picked up and carried on by you guys. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Thanks for coming in. You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at Gregor1077 and find more episodes online at 1077theend.com. So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production. Yeah, you're a good dog, Chowder. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.